Welcome back to your favorite sports podcast, All Good Points. I'm your host, as always, Ricky Gray Jr. This week in the NFL, there were a handful of teams handing out some big L's to some powerhouses, along with not one, but two shutout wins, one of which might be a little bit of a shock to you. And for the first time since 2010, the Bears have clinched the NFC North, but the question is, how long will their reign last? Remember to rate and review all good points on your favorite podcast platform. It's all sports, all players, and all good points. Now let's get to it. So Dallas is arguably one of my favorite teams to talk about. But they must have forgot that they had a football game on Sunday, which is the only way that I can explain them losing 23-0 to against the Colts. Now, neither quarterback had an amazing game, but it was a really lackluster um, effort on Dak Prescott's part. He went 24 for 39, 206 yards, and one interception. Now... If you're a Cowboys fan, it's not time to sound the alarm just yet. The Cowboys did go on a five-game winning streak before they lost, and one of the wins that they had was against the Saints, who the Cowboys held to 10 points. So why did they have so much trouble against the Colts? Well, there's a couple of things that I think that kind of went into it, okay? One of which being third down. Dallas was 4 for 12, that's 33%, and Indy was 8 for 12 on third down, that puts them at 67%. Dallas lost the turnover battle 2-1. to one. Um, You can't have a game like that, one, where you're bad on third down, and two, where you lose the turnover battle and think that you're going to win a game. Now, Dak Prescott, although had a bad game, it was more on the part of like just zero scoring you know like you can't put any points on the board they're they're relatively shutting down Zeke you know Zeke didn't have a big game or anything like that no big runs nothing went over the Colts defense's head they've got that great linebacker Darius Leonard um rookie uh could end up winning defensive rookie of the year I'm not saying that he will I'm just saying that, you know, he's he's definitely in that conversation for defensive rookie in the year. I think he is 16 tackles away from having 150 tackles on the year. Um, great, great ball player. So they were able to contain Zeke and more importantly, contain Dak Prescott and Amari Cooper, kind of slowing down, uh, slowing down that um that offensive drive that the uh, the Dallas Cowboys have had for, you know, the last two weeks. So that that's a big part in it. But Uh, Another point is Andrew Luck wasn't spectacular, but he was efficient, you know, 16 for 27, 192 yards. But the important part is these two little tidbits. He threw zero interceptions and he was sacked zero times. So they could not get to um, Andrew Luck. And with them not being able to put any pressure on Andrew Luck, their offense was able to actually create drives and sustain drives, especially being eight for 12 on third down. And that's that's one of the things that you look at at the end of the game when you're looking at the tape, you know, the game tape, the game stats and stuff like that. It's like, okay, well, Dallas could not stop them on third down. They weren't able to put any pressure on Andrew Luck. So with that, all you're going to get is a team that's able to sustain drives and score points, which is exactly what Dallas didn't do. Now, if you take a look at Indianapolis's running back, Marlon Mack, he had 27 carries, 139 yards, and two touchdowns. So... The running game for Indianapolis is really what carried them throughout this game. The The interesting thing about that is that the DeMarcus Lawrence kind of led Cowboys uh, defense 
really just didn't show up. Like they weren't able to stop the run. They weren't able to stop them on third down. So it was a, it was a culminating, that's a hard word to pronounce guys. Um, So I'm just going to go ahead and skip past it, but it was a all around effort. That's the word that I'm going to use to get past it. Um, It was an all around effort as far as um, the Colts offense went to sustain these drives and keep these drives going to where Dallas wasn't able to stop them on third down. They were able to score points. And that's the most important thing when it comes to that is converting on third down to sustain drives to where Dallas's defense has to be on there longer, which is going to do what? It's going to tire out that defense to where that defense isn't able to put up any kind of fight or anything like that. And and Indianapolis went in there. They, they did a, a huge, huge job um, stopping Dallas on third down on defense, you know, being able to keep Dallas four to 12, four for 12, um, keeping Dak Prescott under 300 yards, no touchdowns, nothing like that went 24 for 39, their defense being able to do things like that is really what's going to propel the Colts forward in the hunt to go to the playoffs. So coming up, Indianapolis has to play the giants and then they play the Titans, another AFC South team where, the Titans are getting hot right now. And that's one of the things that you don't want to do is play the Titans when they're hot. It's, it's one of those, um, kind of like a double-edged sword thing where if you play the Titans when they're, when they're cold, they're not going to do much of anything. You know, they're going to have a hard time getting the ball rolling and stuff like that. But recently Tennessee is hitting their, has hit their stride with, um, Derrick Henry. And that has turned the, the Titans into being this, this playoff contender. If they get into the playoffs, they might actually do pretty well. So Indianapolis has the giants. That's not a team that's just going to let you walk over them. So they're going to have to have like two tough wins going forward to actually put themselves into playoff contention. Dallas, on the other hand, they have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and they also play the Giants, another NFC East team. So um, it's it's going to be very tough for Dallas as well to hold their spot in the playoffs because there's a chance that they could lose it, um, maybe fall down to a wild card spot or something like that. But I do see them beating the ju- the, the Bucks, um, but I don't it's kind of hard to like pick how they're going to play against the giants. Cause it's also hard to pick which giants team is going to show up. Um, because in reality, you just don't know, like you, you really just don't know what giants team is going to, uh, to show up on the field. So speaking of the giants and speaking of Tennessee, we're going to talk about another shutout. The, the Tennessee Titans were able to shut out the New York giants 17 to zero. It's crazy. So listen to this on, on their way into the playoffs, they, they finally learned, Tennessee finally learned what the secret to winning games is. It's to give Derrick Henry the ball. If, if you look, out the, at, look at the Giants' score, it was a score of 17-0, to zero, right? You combine those two numbers, you get 170, which is how many yards Derrick Henry got on the ground. He also scored both touchdowns for the Titans, which really just goes to show that the second week in a row, Derrick Henry is the recipe for a Titans win. Now, Mariota did not have a good passing game, passing day. Um, had a very tough time passing against the Giants, but Derrick Henry put the team on his back and he accounted for 170 of their 301 yards. Okay, that is crazy. That's over half of their yards went to one player. Okay, but here's the big key for me. The big key, Tennessee's time of possession, 35 minutes and 21 seconds versus the Giants, 
who had 24 minutes and 39 seconds, okay? So that's over 10 minutes. That's almost a quarter, five minutes away from being a quarter that Tennessee had the ball. Now that's just a credit to their running game and how they were able to sustain drives. The other the other part in that that weighed into it was the Giants' two turnovers. Um, and, and those are the kind of things you lost the time of possession battle. You lost the turnover battle. So that's one of the things that's going to weigh in to you losing a game. Now, I'm not saying that the Giants were going in there, you know, favored to win or anything like that, because they weren't. They weren't favored to win the game. But at the same time, they did have a chance to beat Tennessee, but they just completely lost what they were supposed to do. That's that's inevitably what happened. They lost what they were supposed to do. They lost the time of possession battle. They lost the turnover battle. Derrick Henry runs for 170 yards on you. That's that's a recipe for losing. And I understand that the Giants aren't in any kind of playoff talks or anything like that. But at the same time, you have to go out there and at least try to win games. Now, the Titans go on to play the Redskins and then the Colts. They are both home games. Titans are going to be able to beat the Redskins. They're going to be able to beat the Colts. So I see the Titans winning these next two games, solidifying their playoff spot, uh, moving into probably a wild card position or something like that. It's, It's going to be good for the Titans. This is a this is a great last two games, especially because the Redskins are missing Alex Smith. Um, so that's going to be it's it's great that this is uh, showing up at the end of the year for the Titans at the end of the season. The Giants are going on to play the Colts and the Cowboys. I do think that the Giants are going to try to play spoiler here. I think that there's a chance that they could beat the Colts. I do also think that there's a chance that they could beat the Cowboys, depending on which te- what team shows up. Because if they play the same way they played against the Titans, against the Colts, then the Giants are in a lot of trouble all over again. Same thing with the Cowboys. But now we're going to talk about my favorite, favorite game of the week, okay? And I called this one last week when I had DeAndre on the horn. Um, we were talking about upsets and things like that, and I said that the Philadelphia Eagles were going to be able to beat the Los Angeles Rams. And guess what happened? The Philadelphia Eagles beat the Los Angeles Rams. Now, if you want to talk about an upset, the reigning Super Bowl champs showed you why you cannot count them out just yet, okay? The Rams have lost two in a row, dropping to 11-3, and three, but the good news is they play Arizona and San Francisco next, so that's probably two wins there. But how did the Nick Foles-led Eagles take down the Rams? Well, Jared Goff throws three picks. Now, kind of what seems to happen these last these last couple of games with the Rams is that they're kind of imploding on themselves, which is kind of strange because I wasn't really expecting it. But um, the other bad point is ter- uh, Todd Gurley was leading the team in reception yards. So that's kind of strange. They shut down. So you're telling me that the Eagles shut down their wide receivers and they weren't able to do anything. Okay, Todd Gurley ends up being the leading receiver in that game. That's a recipe for a loss. The Rams were awful on third down, and Goff went 35 for 55. That's 55 passes that that guy had to throw. That's bad, okay? That is a recipe for bad. Philadelphia took a play out of Chicago's handbook, played tough defense, as tough as they could. Yes, it was a a scoring game and things like that. The Rams were able to score points against them, but they were also able to get a 30-13 to lead on the Rams. Now, there's not a lot of teams that can say that, but Nick Foles going forward um, because he's going to be the starting quarterback while Carson Wentz is out. 
there is a chance for them to actually get into the playoffs. And if they do, that's it. I mean, this is the reigning Super Bowl champs we're talking about. We can't we can't count them out of contention just yet because they don't have a bad defense. They have a good running offense. And if Nick Foles can make smart passes and not turn over the ball, the Eagles are going to be in pretty good shape. But since we're talking about the NFC, let's go on to talk about the team in the NFC North that won the division that literally shocked everyone. So the Bears clinched the NFC North with their win against Green Bay, which is their first division title since 2010, and also their first trip to the playoffs in eight years, okay? Now, I'm not going to downplay the fact like that the Khalil Mack trade boosted an already good Bears defense, but this was a surprising jump forward that a lot of people really didn't see coming. What sticks out for me, though, is the teams that the Bears have beat heading into the playoffs, the most notable one being the Vikings and the Rams. So regardless of how they do in the playoffs, they still have plenty to be proud about. They could lose their first game in the playoffs, but they still have a lot to hang their hat on. Even with all of this success, though, it begs the question, how far can the Bears go and how long can they hold the North? As far as playoffs are concerned, the main point of emphasis is who the Bears are going to have to play. Now, more than likely, they're going to end up at the three seed, which would mean they are going to either play the Seahawks or the Vikings, maybe even the Eagles if they sneak in and take a spot for someone from someone. But regardless of who they play, it's going to be a challenge for the other team because they're going to have to travel to Chicago. But all of these teams also pose a problem for the Bears. Let's talk about the first one, the Vikings. They have just as strong of a defense as the Bears. And if their offense keeps up the firepower that they had last week, I could argue that the Minnesota offense will outscore the Bears. Like if it's a defensive game, it's more than likely that Minnesota off- the Minnesota offense will be able to outscore the Bears. Now, I would put the Bears win percentage in that in that game at somewhere around 52% with Minnesota being the upset only because it's the Bears at home, okay? But the Bears also have to play um, Minnesota coming up in the last game of the season. It's kind of like set in stone that they're going to be resting players during that time, so I wouldn't put a whole lot of weight on that. But it's also a must-win game for the Vikings. The Vikings are a team that is battle-tested, um, they understand how big it is to win championships, championship games, considering the fact that they lost uh, most recently to the Eagles last year. So they don't want to have that moment again. I do think that the Vikings will be better in the playoffs than the Bears. But moving on to another team, the Seahawks, if the Bears have to play the Seahawks. Now, that is a playoff-tested team, okay? They are very strong in the postseason, and Pete Carell is known for having a lot of tricks up his sleeve. So... I do kind of see, like, I'd put the Bears' percentage lower against the Seahawks than I will against the Vikings, even though the the Bears would be playing at home. So I'm putting the Bears' percentage, their win percentage, somewhere around 48%, only because they're going to have to solve the Russell Westbrook. uh, Wow, Russell Westbrook. I got basketball on my brain. uh, Russell Wilson problem. They're going to have to solve that problem. And unfortunately, that's not an easy problem to solve. I don't care what you say about Russell Wilson. The Seahawks are a hard team to play in the playoffs, and the Bears being so new to it, I just don't really see them handling it. Now, Another team, if they sneak in, is Philadelphia. Okay, Philadelphia is hitting their side with their stride with um with Nick Foles at the helm, and if that bolsters, you know, that offense, that offense comes back and they play 
really, really well, kind of like they did last year. You know, great defense, uh, relatively mediocre offense, but an offense that can score points. The Bears might have some issues there because they're not used to that playoff pressure yet. You know, this is their first year. You got to remember, this is going to be their first year in the playoffs in eight years. So they're not used to it. You got a new head coach. You got a um, second year quarterback that's he's kind of been hot and cold. So you can't really put a whole lot of weight into the Bears when it comes to that game. So I would say, you know, Bears win percentage there, considering the fact that it's in Chicago, I would put it at like 57% just because there's a lot of injuries on the Eagles sides and a thing like that, things like that. Um, So with, with that being said, let's talk about the Bears holding their stake in the NFC North. This is where I think things could get scary for the Bears, depending on, you know, depending on what Green Bay does in the offseason. You know, if they make some big offseason moves, the Bears are going to be in a lot of trouble because I don't see them being able to beat out the Vikings like the second year uh, re revamped offense of the Vikings. I don't see them being able to beat that. I don't see them being able to beat Green Bay again if um if they shore up that offensive line and give Aaron Rodgers some more records or not records. If they get well, there he's probably going to get a couple more records. But if he gets a couple more uh, wide receivers, Green Bay is going to be a problem. So I do see Chicago dropping back to like number three in the NFC North after this year. That's just what I think. You guys can disagree with me. You guys can agree with me. Either way, that's what I think. But for now, it's time to make some picks. So I would like to start by saying that I'm not having a fantasy news of the week. Um, The only reason why I'm not having that is because my fantasy season is over. Um, I have moved on to playing uh, fantasy hockey and fantasy basketball, so I'll probably cover those things once the NFL season is over. Speaking of the NFL season, we got week 16, so it's time to make some picks. First one, Redskins versus Titans. That's on a Saturday. Strange kind of game for uh, games to be on a Saturday. I got to take the Titans over the Redskins. Uh, Chargers over the Ravens, same day. Um, Definitely taking the Chargers in that game. I'm taking the Cowboys over the Bucks. I'm taking the Vikings over the Lions. Falcons, mm, got to take the Falcons over the Panthers, even though the Falcons have been playing like trash recently. The, the Panthers are like just as bad. Um, I'm going to take the Texans over the Eagles. I'm taking the Colts over the Giants, even though I think maybe the Giants could pull off an upset there. Uh, Browns over Bengals. I love the Browns. I absolutely love the Browns. Patriots over the Bills. Um... Packers over the Jets. I'm going to take the Dolphins over the Jaguars. Bears over the 49ers. Rams over the Cardinals, obviously. Um, Saints over the Steelers. Uh, this is this next game is kind of iffy because it's the Chiefs and the Seahawks. I'm going to have to take the Chiefs in that game. Chiefs over the Seahawks, and then I'm taking um, Raiders over the Broncos just because the Broncos have not been playing well recently. I don't really like how they've been playing Uh Raiders had a tough game, so I actually think the Raiders could pull one out. Now, remember to rate and review All Good Points on your favorite podcast platform. I know you guys love Viking Fest. I will be bringing back Viking Fest once the postseason has started, depending on whether or not the Vikings get in, which I think they will. I appreciate all the love and support that's been coming through. If you guys can rate and review on your favorite podcast platform, I really appreciate it. Remember, 
next time that you're arguing to use all good points as your basic point of reference. Okay, follow me on Instagram at all good points podcast. Email me at all good points podcast at gmail.com if you want a chance to be like on the show uh, as a guest spot or anything like that. I will see you next week. Have a great football weekend.